Uh, this is Nick. Uh, you're listening to the DU Football Show, Drunkard United. Of course, up the blades and fuck the owls. Uh, back to a kinder, gentler time, Samuel Graham, when uh, we had footy to talk about and not uh, figuring out all the news headlines of the days like we had to do today. Yeah, no, tell me about it. That's not easy. You know, I mean, I, I have to admit, I kind of miss Nick a little bit, you know? That being said, Sammy, let's start the show. Hello and welcome to the Drunkard United Football Show. A completely biased recap of the English Premier League is told by two common American schmucks. I am your host, Sam Houston, and through the ethernets across the Zoom screen from me is one lovely, huge face, Samuel Graham. Sammy, how the fuck are you, buddy? Not too bad, buddy. Yourself? I... It was an interesting day today. Let's say that. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I completely agree with that sentiment. Uh, we're recording at Studio H, just outside our nation's capital, with the exception of Mr. Graham, who's up in lovely Baltimore. Uh, you can check us out on all podcast platforms. Please be sure to rate, subscribe, review, and especially right now, share with a friend. I mean, uh, if people want to listen to uh, two idiots that have no idea what the fuck they're talking about, cuss a lot, and get drunk on... Uh, uh, while recording it, please, by all means, share us with someone. I think they would find it rather humorous, even if they don't know much about footy. I mean, neither one um, of you have more, to drive anywhere. Now, it's honestly more entertaining than watching a White House press conference at the moment. Uh, and you get about the same amount of truth. That's very absolutely true. Um, so should you want to reach out, uh, should you want to chat with us, there's many ways that you can. Sammy, tell the good people how they can get in touch. Sure, because of my last comment, you can send hate mail to dufootballshow at gmail.com. That's our email address. <laughs> and then get in touch on the DMs uh, at dufootballshow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we do check our DMs, so do get in touch. Like and follow for all of our extra content as well. We do do a, uh, a free uh, Zoom call, actually, on Saturdays called Patio Time, uh, where we'll share the link and you'll be able to come on and, and talk shit to us face-to-face about your teams about cigars, about whiskey, uh, beer, whatever you want to talk about. Um, and then we also have a Patreon. So uh, there's there's an, a couple of extra shows that we do that um, you do have to pay for. Uh, and that is www.patreon.com backslash DU football show. Um, and you'll get actually our sound check and then our preview of the upcoming week uh, in the EPL, which is now kind of turned into a film club, which is kind of fun. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that's what it'll be today. We, uh, I just finished power watching a show so we could talk about it on uh, injury time. Sam and myself both work in the wine and spirits industry and both have a deep, passionate love for all things distilled spirits. So as the red blooded Americans, we are, we vow to have a drink in our hand throughout this show and every show, Mr. Graham, we shall start with you. What are you drinking tonight? All right, so I don't have whiskey, mm-hmm. but I do have something uh, that just as much love and affection goes into as a bottle of whiskey. Absolutely. Uh, mezcal Vago. Um, this is an Espadine Mezcal, obviously from Oaxaca, which we've talked about many times on the show. We actually did a, a couple of week binge of, uh, of, um, of Mezcal on the show. Yep. This one uh, comes in at 100.4 uh, proof. Um, so that would be a uh, hundred or I'm sorry, 50.2. I got all yeah. turned around in my head there. Yeah, no problem. Because happens to the best of us. I don't even know what day of the fucking week it is. <laughs> uh, so this one, it's, uh, 
it's gra- uh, stone ground, obviously, comes uh, from a copper pot still, and it's a Hoveman, so it's um, less than three months old. Yeah, young. Typically, almost all your clear mezcals tend to be uh, uh, Hoven. Um, it's when they do reposados, but that's not even very common. Normally, most uh, mezcal producers think uh, if you got to put it in a barrel, what are you trying to hide, right? That it's uh, yeah, pure form. Uh, and then, of course, uh, when he says it's uh, Vago Espadine, what he means is that the Espadine, and I'm not to I'm not trying to correct you here or anything, Sam. I'm just talking in general. So um, remind people that uh, Espadine is the actual agave that is used. So where tequila uses one agave, a Blue Weber, Mezcal yep. uses like 70 different varieties. Uh, Espadine being the most popular and well-known, uh, best way to describe it, it's it's a big old pit smoke. It's, 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 it's barbecue smoke. It's got a great taste to it. And if you're a whiskey drinker, and don't mess with very many white spirits, you could fall in love with Mezcal very easily. Wasn't it Oaxaca where you were a parade uh, infamously on Mezcal? Yes, Oaxaca. 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 And uh, for what it is worth, I am a certified uh, ambassador de Mezcal from the Oaxacan government, which meant I spent a week in Oaxaca blackout drunk on Mezcal eating street tacos. And they gave me a certificate for it. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh, how much so, is going to run you on the shelf, Sammy? Uh-oh. Uh, it runs about $90 on the shelf, this one. Cool. Excellent. Yeah. Um, the only thing I could think of when you actually, the, one of the first foreign words that you've gotten correct on this show, Oaxaca. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I could think of was Oles Ventura saying Chicaca. Chicaca. <laughs> which was the name of the tribal sacred bet uh, in Ace Ventura When Nature Calls. Excellent. Very good. Well, um, so on to what I'm drinking, uh, doing a tried and true favorite, doing a little Wyoming whiskey, except for this is a slightly different variation for them. This is their double oaked. It is a bottle and bond. It is a uh, hundred proof. Uh, the second double barrel aging on this is finished in sherry barrels. So, um, lovely little whiskey. I'll run you about, um, God, about 75 to 85 on the shelf. Um, there you go. I'm drinking it over a big cube of ice, and I've already had one because uh, technical difficulties, let's say. <laughs> oh, um, all right. With that, let's have a great show, everybody. Let's have a good one, guys. Come on. There we go. Yay, I made a clean. There we are. How's that? That better? Yeah, much better. Um, so last week for injury time, uh, we did something kind of fun. Sam just jumped on the iPad and just started reading stories to me and I had the reaction to them and, and Sammy kind of drove the bus, but it gave me the idea of let's go ahead and look through this week. Some of the stories that are going on in the prem and we'll just kind of go back and forth and tell each other, uh, about what we've uh, read this week. And I broke them into three different groups. So we've got headlines, we've got transfer rumors, which we're not going to go too deep into because let's face it. That's a fucking rabbit hole. And then we're also just going to do a couple of silly things that are going on as well. So let's go ahead and start off with the, um, <clears throat> the headlines. Um, right after uh, lovely Liverpool decided to take the bailout and then realized, oh, shit, that's not a very good idea. Another wealthy club decided, oh, hey, this has been a PR nightmare. So suddenly Tottenham is now no longer taking the uh, government bailout for furloughed employees. It's a shame that some a particular guy in the Northeast hasn't figured that out yet. Yeah. You know, under public pressure, a club that big with as much money as they just spent on that stadium and everything else, being Champions League finalists, third place last season in the Premier League, 
obviously there was going to be some sort of repercussions for taking the low road in this situation. Um, and they've since had to climb that hill and get back up to the high road. Surprises me because typically um, they're a team that normally doesn't let what other people think of them bother them. Like they're a notoriously, very notoriously cheap club and they'll make a lot of moves that you kind of scratch your head at and their fans will yell and scream at them all the time and they never, ever respond. They're like, this is who we are. This is how we run the club. And oh, by the way, we, we give you success with that too. So you all should shut up and be thankful is normally their yeah. attitude. Basically. And, and to the point where they're so tough nosed about it to the point where some clubs don't even like dealing with them. Like Manchester United now, uh, who's been linked with Harry Kane, which I'm sure will come on to. Um, basically, Ed Woodward has said, we really don't want to do business with Tottenham because we know they're going to hold our feet to the fire. Right. Precisely. <laughs> you know, and then, it, it came out with that, that, oh, yeah, we'll consider selling Harry Kane for $200 million. Like, what? Yeah, yeah. yeah pr- you know what I mean? It just, a lot of this doesn't make a ton of sense to me. With the TV money, with everything else, you have to imagine that these clubs uh, have, um, have some cash reserves. And if they don't, shame on them. That's their own goddamn fault. Well, I, I, we, we talked about it last week with the uh, teams that could potentially be going down in Norwich and Bournemouth. For some reason, it didn't feel so bad because you're like, ah, they're trying to save some value. They're probably about to lose a lot of money if, in fact, they go down. And they're also doing the right thing, and they're also picking up uh, the remaining of the furloughed tab for all of their uh, for all of their um, employees. Which you know, but just when it's a top flight club, it just it comes off very disingenuous, and it's kind of just despicable, personally. Um, um, yeah, one hundred percent. So let me go. You're ahead. absolutely right. Like we talked about again, like as you just said, with Norwich and with Bournemouth, there's there's such a difference between the top half of the Premier League and the bottom half of the Premier League. The big six, you know, yes, Arsenal hasn't qualified for the Champions League in a few years now, but twenty straight years of the Champions League, you would think there would be some cash reserves. Oh yeah. And again, if there's not. It just goes to show you how poorly run at the top these clubs are. <clears throat> right. Um, now, uh, that leads me into the next story I have for you, Sammy, and then we'll have you uh, throw one my way. On uh, Sky Sports, match of the day, um, they've still been kind of doing what we're doing, but doing it on TV. Um, Gary Neville um, of the Neville Brothers, a former Man U uh, star, came out and said, um, if a team feels that they need to take the bailout money, if they need to do the uh, furlough scheme, then um, they shouldn't be allowed to buy any fucking players in the transfer window because clearly they don't have enough money to do it. Yeah, um, makes sense to me, to be honest. Uh, it would be, kind of be the new form of financial fair play, right? You right? need to post the profit. And if you right. don't post the profit, then, like I said, where's all this money going? Well, well, especially you, can't, you cannot be completely in debt. It's ridiculous. Right. You can't be. You can't be. There's still money being made. You may about as far as expenditure spent on club versus money brought in on club. Like there can be a difference in that because you can overspend, but you're still constantly making money as a club through TV deals and things. There's there's other angles in which you're making money and merchandising and the like. Absolutely. And a lot of these teams have licensing contracts with NBC in case of this sort of situation where they still get content. 
Right, precisely. You know, we've we've seen the the Netflix series Sunderland Till I Die. Sunderland's getting paid by Netflix for that. Yeah, they're making money off of that. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Are. Obviously, it's it's not a ton of money because they're in League One, but they're making money on it. Yep. And so there's so many different revenue streams from all of these all of these clubs. I just I don't understand where the money goes. And if that's if they feel like that's a fair, um, if the footballing authorities feel like that's a fair repercussion, then I'm all for it. Right. It's it's absolutely ridiculous that they get to go out and spend, you know, a hundred million, one hundred fifty million a summer, and they can't pay minimum wage workers for two months. Right. Well, I mean, the good news, the fan, and the, most of them are part time workers. Like, what the fuck? What are y'all doing? I I think we've seen, though, for the most part, almost pretty much all the clubs are not going to fucking take advantage of the scheme. They're not going to they're not going to use the furlough scheme. They're just not going to do it. Right. And and again, I mean, to the point, we're making the distinction between teams like Villa, um, Bournemouth, Norwich, who have gone down, come up, gone down, come up, who don't have that revenue coming in where, you know, they just don't have the money in their coffers. They haven't sold a player for fifty million recently. There's going to they be a major a influx in the money they made this year versus the money they're going to make next year. A huge, like oh, yeah. hundred million dollar gap of of income. Absolutely, and a lot of those. I mean, look what happened to Portsmouth. They got relegated, right from the from uh, from the Premier League. Went down to the Championship within a season. Ended up being liquidated and reformed as a company and having to start the league to do. Yeah, and have to play their way back up so again. So that, that drop can crush you if you don't have the cash reserves. <clears throat> so those teams, I don't blame those teams because the very survival of the club depends on it. Yeah. yeah. If there's no club, all of those people lose their jobs completely. Yep. Now, uh, what do you got for me? You got a story for me, Sammy? Yeah, so actually, sticking with Gary Neville, um, he said if there's any current Premier League manager he would want to be his manager, it's Jurgen Klopp. No shit. Okay. Yeah. That's just a poke in the I get it. But that seems to me just it's very big of a Man United player to say out loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Manchester United legend, unlike his brother who went to Everton, played for both of Liverpool's biggest rivals. He only played for uh, Liverpool's first biggest rival. Mm-hmm. I hear you. I, I know exactly what you're going for in all this, and you're not getting it. You got that big fucking shit-eating grin, and you're not getting it. I would take Carlo Ancelotti. Thank you very much. I'm quite happy with Carlo. Uh, I believe, right, I believe they one. sing. Oh, Carlo Ancelotti. He is a fucking man. Yep. I, I believe that's what it is, right? All right. So yeah. now, now do you got a real story for me? He works off a shoestring budget and he does the best he can. Yes. Yep. Is that the next line? Yep. And then there's a few more things, and then it's, and when we're back in Europe, we'll sing this song again. Oh, Carlo Ancelotti, he is the fucking man. Okay, so go ahead. What else you got for uh, And then um, one more uh, thinly veiled dig at you. Uh, Jurgen Klopp, being such the likable and wonderful man he is, only second to him and son, uh, came out and said that being away from the squad hurts. It's well. It's... It's because those are the only people who actually fucking like him. He he misses him. It just gives me all them. the heart feels. I know, and he doesn't have his veneer twin. Aww. It's sad. So do you have any real stories you looked up or just I'm gonna yes. fuck with Houston stories? 
No, there is a, a real one. And this sticks in with our other point about money. Okay, go ahead. Uh, actually, Jose sent this to us. Jose Calcoon. Oh, excellent. Thanks, Jose. Uh, sent, yeah, sent this to us. Um, and he said, Arsenal players are warned that the club is now in a very grave situation due to coronavirus. Uh, Arsenal appear to be among the Premier League clubs worst hit by the pandemic. No secret that COVID-19 is decimating clubs' finances up and down the country. Many players are choosing to make voluntary donations rather than take a pay cut as part of the Players Together initiative. Yet behind the scenes, the first team have still been warned they will need to accept their wages being slashed by at least 12.5%. The follow-up story to that is the players are saying they won't take a 12.5% pay cut. Because they do not have to. Um, I've, I've, I've heard other podcasts are like, oh, yeah, the players should just fall. No, no, they should not. Will any of those clubs be there for them if they're bankrupt? Well, no, no they won't. But no. It, here's, they, to that point, though, they wouldn't for any of their menial employees either. Right. My thing with them is, here's, here's the thing. If you're going to, if everyone that is an employee of the club takes a pay cut, that's one thing. If you are saying the players should voluntarily donate their wages under intense pressure, donate their wages to make up for what the club is responsible for, that's not right. So if you're now the difference is is the cashier at the gift shop doesn't have a contract like Mezzadozil does. Right. Right? That contract needs to be fulfilled. He's an at-will employee, can be fired for any reason at any time, no matter what. Right. That contract is legally binding and must be paid. Yep. Fair. But you, if you negotiate those contracts down to 12.5% cut during this or have players defer payments because they're not playing games, they're not even training at the moment, right? right. That's one thing. That's, that's one thing. But, every, but both the cashier and the player are employees of Arsenal Football Club. <laughs> Okay, I got, I got, here's here's the thing. Uh, I, I My th- go ahead. Just one quick last point. I'm sorry. What we were talking about last week, and and I still believe is true. You should not rob the players to pay the stadium staff. No owner, owner, they lose money. If right, the, everybody the takes a cut together. I get that. That's okay with me. They're all employees of Arsenal Football Club, but don't steal from Peter to pay Paul. Yeah, I would say your current ownership has a brand new, beautiful stadium that is 100% paid for. They also have a brand new, beautiful stadium in LA. Wait, 100% paid for. Your tickets, now granted, there's still normal overhead, but your tickets are straight cash, homie. You're making money off of every turnstile because you don't owe money for your stadium because your stadium, again, is 100% paid for. Fuck off, Kroenke. Fuck off. Yeah. So I do have stats for this, by the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is according to the Daily Mirror. um, Or the Mirror, I'm sorry. uh, The Mirror in uh, a London-based newspaper. Um, Report the squad have been warned the club is in a very grave situation financially. Even before the crisis unfolded, Arsenal reported a loss of 27.1 million pounds last year. And now they're contending with a massive, massive, I'm sorry, 230 million pound wage bill, which is around 60% of their turnover. While top earner Mesut Ozil obviously earns 350,000 a week. Um, they have the payment. They have the payments. 
uh, from Nicholas Pepe, uh, which are seventy-two million. The, the deferred payments, the Eastern Motors loan we pulled out. Yep. Um, to uh, to pay him off, and then um, they're in the same boat as other top-flight clubs, who combined are going to miss out on as much as seven hundred and fifty million pounds in TV money with the season up in the air. Mm. So at the end of the day, all of those losses combined, and yeah, it's the Champions League money not coming in. It's us. Um, it's us going ahead and doing all these big deals when we couldn't, instead of just being pragmatic um, and working with what we had. It's the Arsenal nation being dickheads and pressuring the board to do something. Again, that couldn't have been foreseen that this was going to happen. It's the inability to fire Unai Emery when, when it was necessary and letting us tank as far as we did before bringing him back, and now results are looking better. Longest unbeaten run in the Premier League at the moment. It's, it's a culmination of a lot of bad decision-making by people at every level at the club, especially the top three or four layers of management. And now, and they, want, and now they want the players to pick up the bill. Which is uncalled for. No, no. What they want is the top earners at the club to lose 12.5%. And that the way this reads, it's also £2 million uh, a game in, in game revenue, match day revenue. What they want to do, if the players agree, saves them £25 million. Um, and then if they qualify for the Champions League when the season is resumed, they get that 12.5% back. If they only qualify for the Europa League, they get um, five and a half percent back. <clears throat> so that's a sticky slope. I mean, that's a real slope, I know. slippery slope. But because, the way, because the way then, that this reads yeah. is even the full-time employees are going to take a decrease also, right. which, again, I don't mind because it's, every, it's all of the employees together. Right, but the, what I'm getting at is a bigger picture. That opens up the door for you to then say – oh, if you don't qualify for this, we will not give you this. Not like a bonus incentive of, oh, if you qualify for Champions League, you get an extra $5 million in base pay, whatever. It becomes the, oh, in the middle of the season, you know, okay, Chelsea, we expect you to do really well and you're in 10th place. In the middle of the season, while there's regular play going on, we're going to cut, we're going to make you agree to a 12% cut and we're going to give you back all 12% if you get to Champions League, but we're only going to give you back 8% if you make it to um, to Europa. Now, I, I know it's, it's the corona, right? And that's what's going on right now. But tell me for one second, you don't think once that precedent is sent, set that an owner will not fucking try to pull that bullshit on a fucking club and fuck with their fucking pay. Well, here, but here's the thing, right? This is a negotiation of a contract in terms of that 12.5%. The players don't have to agree to this and so far are saying they won't agree to it. Right. Well, so I'm, I'm just saying... Just, again, now going forward, I guarantee you part of contract negotiations with players, new arrivals, everything else, is going to stipulate shit like this in it. Yeah, yeah. And that's what you got to watch out for. Right. But nobody could have foreseen coronavirus, except for the people that did, and no one else paid attention, like right. Donald Trump. Right. Um, but what I'm saying is the, the, the manner in which it spread, obviously there's a lot of finger pointing. Who honestly knows who was told and when they were told the truth of it? I'm not trying to get into a political debate yeah, yeah, about I'm, it. Who I'm knows? with you on that. China I'm, may have sat on it for two months. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. My I, point is, 
is they will now plan for this, right? The big winners in all of this. Did you see what Wimbledon did? No. What did they do? Paid for pandemic insurance in case something were to happen and the tournament had to be canceled for the last 17 years, costing them 2 million quid a year. Uh huh. 34 million they've spent in pandemic insurance that this year now has netted them 141 million pounds. And they are the winners, <laughs> winners, chicken motherfucking dinners. That's a great bet. And they just, yep. they were just doing a rebuild of their stadium, weren't they too? Yeah. Holy Something shit. Like that. That's incredible. But, the, but they apparently have paid for the last four or seven years. Yeah, seven years is two million a year or something like that. Hmm. Wimbledon yep. starts with a W. Wuhan starts with a W. I think there's a connection here. All right, so uh, one last headline There's one story. of Carol Baskin's cats that brought over that message to them, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, all right, last story, <laughs> last story I got for you, Sam, is um, the FA, the Football Association, has offered up Wembley to complete all of the remaining English Premier League season, playing multiple games in a day, like just play four or five games, a closed stadium, nobody comes in, and just have it all in one central location for everyone. And then you can come from your training facility the day of your game, play your game, get the fuck out. It's one scenario where they can sanitize and clean and take care of everything. This, to me, um, smacks that it's not going to happen. Oh, no, 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 no. Come on, let's face Um, it. We're digging for stories. Well, well, London London is too dense of an area. Yeah, true. Population-wise. What they were saying, um, the original plan that was similar to this was almost setting up like World Stup style boot camps. Right. Right? Like you you isolate your team in a hotel and that team stays together. And they were talking about doing it in the Midlands. So you'd have Birmingham... Liverpool and Manchester United, right? Yeah. Right there. You have Everton Stadium right there. Yeah. And then you set up the camps, isolated completely around that region. Short drives everywhere, number one. You get the use of four Premier League stadiums, minimum. You also get the use of a number of championship and League One stadiums. Right? Right. So the cost is a lot less than turning the lights on at fucking Wembley. Bolton, Burnley, so that, Villa, that plan, yeah. they're all in that area. West Brom, they're all in that area. That plan made more sense to me because there were more stadiums to use. Right. Right? And everybody being in one kind of pocket. And all of those areas, yes, they're big cities and stuff like that, but they're not as densely populated as London is. Right, not as bad as London is. And you can find a little hole-in-the-wall resort in the middle of fucking nowhere to buy for two months. Yep. And complete the season. You know what I mean? No one gets on or off this bus between here and fucking Manchester. Yep. Very fair. You Very know? fair. Either way. We pull straight underneath the stadium. We walk right out. Changing room, pitch. Changing room, bus. Get the fuck out of Dodge. The minute the changing room gets emptied, you go in with the cleaning crew, wipe everything down, yep. sanitize everything. Right after it, boom, done. Nice and easy. Exactly. And you have the use of, like I said, five, six stadiums. You have all these different places. Everybody's isolated. That plan makes more sense to me. And you you spread the games out over four or five pitches. Right. You know, we, we always poke fun at the memory we have of Manchester City going to Brentford or whoever it was. Right. Um, 
Knott's County. It was uh, Newport County. Newport County. Yeah, Newport, yeah, County. Newport County. Um, of them going to Newport and the potato patch they played on. Yep. I mean, after two weekends, Wembley would be a fucking potato patch. It'd be lumpy and fucked up. Oh, it'd, it'd be, be destroyed. Be the end of it. Ooh. All right, kid. So let's go ahead and uh, get into transfer news here now, okay? All right, Sam, I figure you're probably going to dominate this one for the most part. So I'm just going to throw one out there that we actually got from uh, um, Lindsay via text sent to uh, both uh, producer Mel and myself because it clearly oh, involves yeah. one of theirs. the hot dirt. So uh, it would be one Mr. Jack Grealish has been linked already to Manchester United, but it now is apparently also being linked to Everton. Um. I think that is a ploy to raise the price tag, personally. 100%. Yeah. I, 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 it's, I, if, if Villa stays up, I think he's likely to stay with his club unless it's a Man United, Chelsea, Arsenal that come along and ask for him. Otherwise, I think he's staying with his club. So here's a real question. Does his whole breaking out of quarantine, wrecking some cars, and getting shit-faced with former teammates affect anything? Not really, no. Nobody cares? It'll be okay. forgotten. I didn't know if that no, was... No, and, and Footballers we'll, fuck no, off we'll, all the time. And we're, we'll, we'll come on to that uh, again a little bit later in our silly section. Oh, God. Because I read um, that might affect him on the England team, but I just... I didn't know if that was just no, people bored with, uh, and speculating. I mean, it's not as bad as orgies during quarantine like Kyle Walker was last week so not as fun either (laughs) yeah yeah very true yeah that won't um it 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 really won't affect it and well there is one bigger thing to talk about Sam actually with uh with Jack is um is that if if they do stay up they are in the financial fair play scope and they're being looked at and their most valuable asset is Jack and they could easily get probably somewhere between 60 and 80 for him. Do you sell Um, him? Do you sell him simply because you kind of have to, he he kept you up. Thanks for your service. We're going to send you on to a bigger club and we're going to, we need to cover our finances now. So are we working under the guise of they are definitely staying up with that figure? Um, let's work under the guise that they, well, I mean, if they go down, we know he's getting sold. If right, they st- but that price tag also drops from potentially 60 million to 40. Mm, I think because they have to, because they have to sell him right. missing out on this revenue. The parachute payments are not going to be enough. Right. They will need to generate cash and they know they can be got at because he is worth a lot of money. I, I think I think he'll still be a sixty million dollar guy. England England players have price tags, man. You know that England. You know that England player tax. If they stay up, he's sixty seventy million. Okay, fair enough. If they go, if they go down, I think he drops to forty because okay. people know that they have to sell it. Okay, well that's not really the question. The question here is is let's assume they stay up. Do you think that he still gets sold anyways to one of the big big clubs? Um, I, I think that depends. Books. I think that depends. I think that, um, they could take the hit because he's still young. Right. And honestly, I think for him, it's going to depend on what Garrett says. 
mm-hmm. as long as you're at Villa, you're not going to play for England. He has already fortified him being a Villa legend by staying there in the first place. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's no Villa fans going to be mad that he leaves. I mean, they're going to be upset that he leaves. They're going to wish that he stayed, but they're not going to be mad. They're going to be like, you know what? You, yeah, they won't. You, they you won't begrudge with, him for you, it. You stayed with us when we went down. You, you got us back up. You did exactly what you were supposed to do. We can't Absolutely. ask much more of you than that. Hundred percent. And now that could, you know, that could play into it. If Gareth Southgate goes, your results just aren't good enough. I, you're the best player on a shite team. Sorry. You know, very good. Now that difference is Tyrone Mings did get called up. Yeah, precisely. That was my next Made question. Debut. Right. Tyrone Mings did get called up and we didn't have March, obviously with everything going on. Right. The March internationals were canceled. So we don't know if Tyrone Mings would have still been there. We also don't know if Jack would have been called up with that group also. Right. So there's, there's a lot of give and take here that we don't really know about to, to properly speculate on it. Um, but just in terms of us doing our thing, I think it could go either way. I think the you know, he definitely has ambition for his own career. If they, if they stay up and the financial fair play um, probe continues on, I think he could very much leave. I don't think that will actually affect the financial fair play probe because i think it's for the last two seasons not this one currently okay very fair oh all right well uh what transfer news you got sammy what rumors you got so apparently zinedine zidane has been warded off by the price tag of saido mane uh, i'm sorry of killing mbappe and has turned his attention to saido mane from liverpool okay liverpool with all their money from furloughing people for three days um, have decided that they will then go after Kylian Mbappe if <laughs> they sell Zaido Mane. Yeah. <laughs> that was a pretty funny story I saw. Hmm. A lot of things, lot of lot to unpack there, obviously. I, I could um, see I could see Mane moving on. I mean, it's been pretty well reported that Mane and Salah don't really get along all that well. Yeah, they're not the best of friends. They uh, to be fair to both of them, they've been very professional. Right, right. They but, get on, they, but they don't get on. You're right. right. Off the pitch, they're they're not best friends. Right, and it's at some point you just you know, you know, Mane looks at it and goes, eh, okay, you know what? I got my title here at Liverpool. I want bigger than that. I want glory. I want, I, you know, I want to go play for Real Madrid. Like you right, know. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> it's um, taking nothing away from Liverpool, considering Liverpool's won a Champions League and what will likely be a Premier League this year. It's still, you know, it, English clubs are always where you go to kind of cut your teeth and get a main name for yourself. You go get the major payday. You you go to Madrid. You go to Barca. You go to, you know, that the, you you that's the clubs you go to ultimately. Well, really, you still go to the Premier League. Yeah. I mean, look at the one thousand pound contract uh, per week that Alexis Sanchez is on, and he's on loan at Inter. Yeah, very true. So really, you just all you have to do is convince Ed Woodward you're a half decent mediocre footballer from your YouTube stats, and um, and he'll pay you a boatload of fucking money. Heard, heard. All right. So what else we got? Uh, Jose Mourinho apparently Tottenham didn't save as much money as Liverpool did for their three day furlough, and um, Mourinho was resigned to not having any money this summer. <laughs> 
Uh, that was another fun uh, headline that I saw. Like um, I, and I knew it when I came to Tottenham. There's not going to be any money. Oh, it'll be okay. Yeah. So, uh, and then really the the one I wanted to kind of dive into a little bit. There's not a lot of, and we kind of touched on it before. I want to say you heard it here first because that was one of the things that I brought to the table when we talked boop, about boop, if boop, the boop, season boop, was boop, to, boop, 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 breaking news <laughs> if if the season was to resume. The Premier League is exploring options to block players from moving clubs, even if they are out of contract, if the Premier League resumes in June. <sighs> you're, you're fucking with their ability to make money. That's no. Well, one would argue they made money for not doing shit. Yeah, but they still, you still need to be able to, I mean, you you play out the rest of the season at the club you're at, but you need to be allowed to have discussions and be able to be sold, you know. And and if a player, you know, <laughs> unless all of Europe takes the exact same stance and everybody goes, okay, no one's allowed to do any business until the 2019-2020 season is officially done, which may not be until August, right? And then we're going to start up again in mid-September. Voila. Then, okay. That's fine, but if one league decides they're not going to do it and all the other leagues decide they are, you're in the same bit you were this year already for a transfer window where the rest of the, the rest of the country, the continent, had another, um, had another two, uh, two weeks' worth of transfer time. Right. So what, what this is saying, what I, what the way that I read this article was, you have to fulfill the 2019-2020 Premier League season. Mm-hmm. Not barring you from discussions. It's not barring you from signing another contract. It's not barring you from being sold. However, you are, for instance, a Bamiyang. If we decide to sell a Bamiyang, um, which is the, this is the last funny one I'm going to bring up. If you, um, if you, we decide to sell you to Barcelona, right? Right. And they decide to pay a hundred million for you. We get the hundred million. He doesn't leave the club until the 1919, uh, 2019-2020 Premier League season is completed. Okay. So, because right now, right, they're paying them for games they're not playing. And it's not because they're injured. It's not because of all those stipulations in their contract. It's because of something extraordinary. So these games are going to be made up. It would just be like we paid you – Right, we paid you in June and in in February when City was in the League Cup final. They were supposed to play them that Wednesday. We were in England, and it got canceled. He wasn't going to get paid for that. You, you, you see right what there? I'm doing there? Right there baby. I'm, I'm I'm rubbing I'm, I'm rubbing my my eyebrow my 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 injured eyebrow for when you sold me to Barcelona. Suddenly, man, this I, I don't I don't think I'm gonna be able to play. I think I got myself a little little injury there. I think I'm, I'm man. Whew, Did you strain man, this, your strained whew, eyebrow? Man, this eyebrow really hurts. You I don't think I'm gonna be able to play. With that eyebrow just drooping like that. Uh, let Let's go and back you in know history. What? If that's the case, if that's the case, if that kind of shit goes on, then I have no fucking sympathy for the twelve and a half percent. Okay, fair enough. But um, like Sam, you saw that with uh, Ross Barkley and Everton. He was about to go to Chelsea, and then suddenly it all fell through on deadline day. And then he suddenly had a calf injury for the entire first half of the season, did not play a single oh, yeah. game, and no, then I'm got w- sold to Chelsea. Yeah, I understand that. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm just saying that it's, it's ridiculous to assume that that would be the case. 
they, they, they. I think you'll see a lot of that happen. I think you'll see a lot of that happen. If 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 someone gets sold for a high ticket dollar, I, also I see clubs not wanting to let that person play because they're already gone. Essentially, they're gone. Yeah. You know, what what well, are you really going to offer us out there? How how hard are you going to play? If you, uh, Obama Yang, if you have an opportunity to dive for a ball, but you might land shoulder first into the post when you do it. But if you don't dive, the ball's going to go right by you, and you're going to be perfectly fine. Which do you think he's going to do? You know. Well, but that's the thing. So the 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 league are looking at various options, exploring various options to make sure. Because I, I told you, like, what happens if someone buys somebody? Say Liverpool buys Mbappe, they should not be allowed to use him. Oh no! For the games not. in the 1919 or uh, 2019. Why do I think it's 100 years ago? Right. The 2019-2020 season, they should not be using yeah. Mbappe to finish that season out. No, I, so, in that respect, why would their squad change in the opposite direction either? I'm, I'm okay with the notion of them doing it. You would hope that all of Europe would do that, that they would all agree to that. And um, you have to realize there's going to be people that work the system. Because every time, if you give an inch, they will take a mile. That is just how it works. All right. The last one I wanted to bring up Got is it. about Aubameyang again. Mm-hmm. Uh, we heard it on another show we listened to. I credit them for bringing it to my attention. I still won't tell you who they are, though. <laughs> um, but uh, apparently, the president of the Gabonian FA, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's country, uh, Gabon, um, their football association president says, Aubameyang should leave Arsenal uh, because they're an unambitious club um, and they – he should go to a team that wants to win trophies. Your team was in a final last year. Once. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you were in a final last year. Also, (coughs) what can he win when there's no football being played in the world? (coughs) Really? He should move to FC Slutsk. If anything, he should figure out what grandparent he has that lives in France or a parent, uh, you know, that you like, so the country should maybe not be so uh, vocal on their uh, thought process of that because he could easily work the system and go, yeah, I'm a quarter Native American, so I'm going to go play for the United States now because that well, should now happen. He's, he's, he's featured for Gabon for a long time. I know, I know, but I'm just saying in general, like that just sends well, a message. Well, he could have beforehand, yeah. He, he, de- he, I think he, he was one of the ones that qualified for like four nations. Right, right. Remember right. Anand Yanazai? Remember Yanazai, the young player for United a couple years ago, kind of yeah. went into obscurity. Yeah, I remember him. He qualified for six names also, chose Belgium. Right. Which ended up fucking him in the end. But he um it, he's he even can't switch countries now after the couple of times he's played for them. Aubameyang's been in the national team since he was like nineteen because he's been that good. Right. True. But there aren't a lot of Gabonian center forwards lighting up world football heard well i know this much um i have a complete change of stance uh carlo enchilada is amazing we're going to sign hummus rodriguez that's it all right on to the silly um sam you said you had one silly and i've got two silly so why don't you go ahead and tell me you're silly um I, i found the second silly okay well then you do one i'll do one you do one i do one sounds good the um Apparently, IFAB is now 
um, taking changing some of the language of VAR. Okay. So if you're using VAR, they had written in there, the referee will often have to use the monitor, which isn't the case. Right, because that's they never not a use, guarantee. Because they never use the monitor. Yes. Now they said the referee must use the monitor. Really? Specifically because of the Premier League who <laughs> refused to use the fucking monitor. Nice. So they now have to use the monitor. Yeah. Fabulous. And they're also hoping they're also hoping that some of this shit will force other leagues to start to use VAR. Um, one game in particular comes to mind was a Bolivian Premier League game. I don't know their first division, probably the Primera division because they speak Spanish. Right. Um, referee refed in the World Cup last year or two years ago. Mm-hmm. Last season made the sign for VAR. Bolivian FA doesn't have VAR. <laughs> so, it, <laughs> Did he know it when he made the sign? That they didn't well, have it? Yeah, but he had just got done with the summer of using VAR. Oh, he gotcha. was refing at the World Cup. I didn't know so if he was bluffing happened. it. <laughs> yeah, something happened. It, it went like this. Somebody, the fourth official, like, mate, we don't have that here. <laughs> That's no tango, buddy. No fucking tango. Okay, <laughs> eh, don't have that, uh, which is pretty good. Um, but uh, but yeah, no. This is specifically so the English referees, as the top five leagues in Europe, they're the only ones that don't regularly go to the monitor. I think we've only seen it twice. Um, uh, as We've been paying attention to this stuff. I think we've only seen it twice this season. As I slam my hand into my microphone. Sorry there, Sammy. That was rather rude of me. Passing, no problem. Passing notes to producer Mel, and I go pop and punch right into yeah. the microphone. I'm used to you being rude, though. All right. Excellent. Are you ready for uh, my silly uh, story I got for you here? Um, yes. All right. So um, uh, someone who we actually like quite a bit from uh, Newcastle, one Mr. Uh, Martin Dubravka, their goalkeeper, we uh, rate him pretty high and like him quite a bit, has uh, admitted in an interview while being under quarantine, he has uh, regularly put on his goalie gloves because he just misses the game. Just walks around and puts on his goalie gloves. Walks around them. the house, huh? Yeah, just, you know, you, you got those little braces in them, you hear him go crack, crack, crack as you're, you know, moving your fingers around. Um, doesn't count unless there's video. And then also one thing I will say about that. Mm -hmm. I know we've all been quarantined for a while. So, and we're all adults here. I feel like it'd be quite difficult to masturbate with those gloves on. Um, I would imagine it's quite difficult. Yeah. Although they do have the braces. So you get a nice grip going on. Well, it could feel like a stranger since it's not your regular hand. Yeah. Yeah. Nope, not gonna say it. I'll save right. it for injury time. Okay. And it would make the and it would make the, the padding extra sticky. Oh, <laughs> it would make it definitely extra sticky. The other thing he's other thing he's admitted to as well is uh his girlfriend is helping him train in the backyard right now because he's recovering from a uh recovering from an injury. So his girlfriend's in the backyard 
like just doing drop kicks and kicking balls at him as he's catching him and everything. It's no, no uh, euphemism. Just, just I actually, just, what's going on? That's where the goalie gloves <laughs> could come in useful. Uh, Sammy, I'll openly admit when I hadn't back when I I still played and I hadn't played for a while. Like let's say I was like a month withdrawn from playing. <laughs> I would walk around the house and catch in W's all the time. Like just, you know, a goalkeeper, everybody, you know, you're supposed to catch with a W. I'm doing it on the Zoom where your two thumbs should meet together and your hand should look like a W so that the ball doesn't go through your thumbs, right? So you get your hands completely around the ball. And I would walk around the house and just be like... He now was, make sure throw up W's all the time. He was doing that the other day. We went to visit <laughs> yeah. my uh, my niece now, make, in the backyard, and she threw a ball at him, and he's swatting it away like he's a goalie. <laughs> That's pretty good. No, it's like Dikembe. No, 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 <laughs> not in my house. I, I do no, no, he actually no. Said that to her. Now we need to explain that for the kids. When he's saying he's walking around with his hands in a W, it's similar to the Wu Tang W because. We all know Wu-Tang is for the kids. Exactly. And Wu-Tang ain't nothing to fuck with. And Wu-Tang is forever. Fuck coronavirus. Yeah. So making the big W. So that's uh, my, my first silly story. What's your next silly story? Uh, so my next silly story. And this one I am going to read a couple of paragraphs of because it's, it's worth it. Okay, go for it. <laughs> it's fucking worth it. Um, basically, the uh, Scottish Premier League, I'll give you the premise. The Scottish Premier League is having a vote to just end the season now. This is, the, I'm sorry, the entire Scottish league system. Right. The lower divisions as well. And just end the season now. Bang. Wherever you are on the table, those are the results. Period. Part of the thing is Scotland obviously doesn't make a ton of money. And the point is, is they want to make sure they get their prize money so the clubs can continue to operate. Right. Right. They barely have a TV deal. There's not a lot of advertising. There's not a lot that goes on up there. It's a lot of player sales and ticket sales is their entire revenue streams. Right. Okay. Basically, the whole league rests on two fixtures, the old firm at home and the old firm away. Oh, God, yeah. Right. What so, do you mean hearts, you get a hearts, little and, bit, hearts and Hibs doesn't get a good TV rating? I was just going to say you get a little bit for the Edinburgh Derby, but it's Come on, you hips. It's the old firm straight away. So, all right. Now we're going to start quoting from the article. <laughs> the league's board stands accused by the owner of a major club of exerting undue influence. Another club wants the SPFL's chief executive and legal advisor suspended. The SPFL, Scottish Premier Football League, or Professional Football League, has routinely been harmed by thousands belting out verses from a sectarian hit parade on live television and missiles from the stands resulting in no proper sanction at all. This body has no title sponsored for next season, a television deal, plus many more beholden to one fixture, uh, an annual split which distorts the fundamentals of league football and has been a recurring on-field laughingstock beyond its own borders for years. If Murdoch McLennan believes the media has tarnished what he presides over. One wonders about his sense of perspective on the weekend. His league deemed it acceptable to release the results of an incomplete vote. <laughs> that, that incomplete vote was Dundee United's chairman holding out a vote to finish the season. 
The thing is, is there's 12 teams in the Scottish Premiership. Um, I would have to scroll further to find what the actual results were, but essentially 75% of teams in the top flight, the championship, and in leagues one and two combined would pass this resolution. Everyone else, I think, made it to 75% the way this reads. Dundee United's chairman would be the vote that made the Premier League 75%. And so he forgot to vote? I didn't forget. He apparently um, is asking for cash-like guarantees being made to clubs that they'll survive before he (laughs) casts his vote. And, yeah. So he's just saying, yeah, like, mate, I'm going to need that 50 quid if you want me to go ahead and make that vote. Like, <laughs> I'm just not doing it otherwise. Y'all ain't going to pay me. I ain't going to do it. Politics. Yeah. Y'all ain't going to pay me. In pandemic. <laughs> uh, it is. This is. It's brilliant. You couldn't make this shit up. Uh, it is, it you, is fantastic. You could have summed that all up in one word because dot, 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 Scotland. Oh, yeah. <laughs> would have said this it will, all. This will un. Undoubtedly, this will undoubtedly end in some sort of fistfight fueled by Buckfast by and, the end of next week. And I want to watch the Zoom where that happens. Getting drunk. Oh, I have to. They, they, fight. Somebody needs to. We still have a bottle of Bucky, don't we? Yes, we do. We still have one bottle of Bucky. So when that gets broadcast, when that newscast comes out, we're going to have to come together, drink that Bucky while watching it. And then get into a fistfight? Maybe. Yeah, Why not? I mean, fuck it. Be Scottish, right? So, we got um, nothing to do. So, I've got um, <laughs> one last thing. This doesn't deserve, this doesn't need anything. I'm just going to say the quote and we're going to go into the next break because I think it's pretty perfect. One of the best players in the world, Eden Hazard, who's now with Real Madrid. We know him last year from being with Chelsea. And I quote I'm trying not to eat a lot, I'm trying not to go into the pantry and eat a lot of buns. But it's not easy. It's time to tell you what little we know it is prediction time. Sammy, how'd you do on your bet? Um, I, I, can I make another bold prediction? Sure, go ahead. Uh, I will eat more buns than N. Hazard this weekend. Okay, very good. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> All right. So I there's one bet. bet. There you go. There. Yeah, you hit your bet. I hit my bet. Thank you very much. Um, I uh, FC Slutsk won three two, uh, and we've got a uh, the Slutsk train has a uh, a two game winning streak going for me. Hey, how about that? So too that's where we stand. Too, too bad it doesn't count for your regular betting. Yeah. So that's where we stand at the moment. Um, cool. You got a bet for us? Uh, do you have a bet for us now? I'm trying. Honestly, um, my computer defaulted to Bing, so okay. it's not giving me the schedule. So I can't say anything at the moment. All right. Well, then, um, give me give me two seconds. I got you. All right. Then let's go ahead on to the next one. And now it's time for our degenerate gambling friend Pat's pick of the week. All right. I'm not doing well betting on teams I've never even heard of. So. Short and sweet, tonight, I'll just be betting a huge favorite. Dynamo versus Neiman. That's right, Neiman. N-E-M-A-N. 
Neiman because that's what Belarusian team should be named. Uh, I like Minsk here, minus the half a goal at minus 170. So I'll risk 100 to win 59 bucks. Uh, have a good week, and we'll talk on Saturday. So that's from Pat. Yeah, he's been pretty can much I, losing everything he bets on. Can I just offer up? We <clears throat> yes. pronounce it Newman. Newman. Yeah. Hello, Newman. Hello, Newman. Dynamo Minsk is playing Hello. Newman. Yeah. Newman okay. FC. Dynamo Minsk actually does sound like a Seinfeld character. Yeah, it does sound like a Seinfeld I, I'm character. I'm pretty certain there was somebody on the show named Dynamo. There we go. All right. You it could be. You might be right. Um, I'm having a like really backdoor to this. I do want to announce that FC Slutsk is in third place, though. Okay, very That's good. fantastic. So who's uh, Slutsk playing this Next week match. and who are you betting? And who, I found it. I found it. Mm-hmm. Uh, FC Slutsk is on the 17th of April, and they're playing Sh- Shakator. Uh huh. Shakator. Uh huh. Soligorsk. Okay, I was waiting for the second name because he said the first name. I'm like, yeah, was that wasn't too hard. No, There's got to be more to that. I was expecting a third part. Yeah. All right. So yeah. Slutsk to win. Shock tour, of course. FC Sluts to win. Um, yeah, I think that's how you say it. Shock slur, no, there's no L. Shock tour, Soligorsk. Okay, very oh, good. Fuck. Oh, shock tour, The iPad started to float. Do you get it? No. No. It sounded like a like a spell. Oh, uh, okay. Mm, okay, Harry. And Potter. we're recording this. We're recording this for Taylor. Uh-huh. All right, Harry Potter. The, you get the joke? Never mind. Fuck yeah. you guys. Okay. Um, <laughs> for, this is a podcast for everybody else. Fortunately, not a lot of lights going off tonight. Jamie Vardy has uh, stayed away from Kitty, so we're okay. And Mel hasn't good. gone rushing I'm, out. I'm pretty sure I shot him in the ass last week. All right. Good, good. All right. Well, um, with that being said, Sammy, any parting words? Yep. Uh, I've done it every year so far that we've done this. I'm going to do it again. Um, we are just a couple of ways away from the anniversary. Uh, this will be the 31st anniversary of the Hillsborough Stadium disaster, uh, in which 96 Liverpool fans were killed and a further 766 fans were injured. Um, it was in the FA Cup semifinal between Liverpool and Nottingham Forest uh, that took place at Sheffield Wednesday's Hillsborough Stadium uh, the 15th of April in 1989. Uh, One of the worst tragedies in football history, Um, overselling of tickets, a lack of um, basically stewarding and policing in stadium. Um, And it resulted in one of the worst disasters that football's ever seen. Uh, Finally, a couple of years ago, as we we talked about on this show, this very show, um, the Yorkshire Police Department admitted to covering up some of the investigation and finally absolving the Liverpool fans of responsibility for this. Um, yeah, the mirror, the mirror didn't help very much in that regards back then. The mirror was very much, it was clearly the Liverpool fans fault. And yeah, and they, they, in, in cause of that, um, the mirror is not purchased at all in Liverpool, neither Evertonians or Liverpudians. No one in Liverpool buys the mirror period. End of discussion. They don't sell the paper up there. 
Right. <laughs> and and we said uh, we said on this show at the time how beautiful it was, and we made uh, light uh, an an uh, allusion to it last week that this was an attack on the city of Liverpool. Yeah. This was where you say Scouse is different from English. Yeah, bunch of dirty fucking Scousers caused a riot and people died because of it. That's essentially and, what the story that was told. And when the Yorkshire Police Department came out a few years ago and said, hey, this actually was a cover-up, red and blue alike in Liverpool were gathered outside of Anfield for that announcement and together and in one unified Scouse voice saying you'll never walk alone. And one of the most beautiful things I have ever seen, I cried watching the video. Mm -hmm. It was absolutely beautiful because they call it, in a lot of cases, they call it the friendly derby. Right. Right? Yeah, These neighbors live, the, the stadiums are either side of a mile-long park. They live next door to these people. They work with these people. They they are family members with these people. This and on match day is the only day you're my enemy. The historic row of houses that there's all the row houses where every other door is blue and every other door is red all the way down the street. Exactly. Huh. Um, so it's it's always a sad thing to remember it. It's always a sad thing when it comes up, but. It's worth mentioning. It's worth talking about, just like racism when that happens. We need to call it out. We need to see it. That way we never see it again, you know? The more that it becomes not okay and the more that we remember how shitty these things were, the better things become typically. Um, you know, they're, the old, it's kind of cliche, but it's true. Those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it. Absolutely. And the more that we call these things out and keep them in our conscience, the more that we are aware of them and the more that we will attempt to prevent them when they happen. Excellent. So that's, uh, that's my hot take. <clears throat> All right. Well, everybody, um, next up is injury time, which is just more of the same. Uh, normally it's us previewing the next week, but there is no next week. So this week we're going to, uh, recap the show, the English game on, uh, on our, uh, little fun, little, um, Shit. yes. I watched the English patient. Oh, that's not going to work <laughs> Damn out it. Uh, on our fun little uh, extra podcast. And if you'd like to check that out, Sammy, how can you do that again? Again, you just jump on www.patreon.com backslash D football show. Um, and become at least a drunk Uber passenger. And you'll get two shows extra a week. Yep. Sound check and injury time. All right, everybody. Till next week. Good night.